Hi everyone, welcome. This is Aitana Garrison and today you'll be listening to an episode of my podcast, Shakespeare Then and Now. Today on Shakespeare Then and Now, I'll be sitting down with Faith Wallace. Faith has a bachelor's degree in English from St. Mary's College of Maryland. We will discuss and compare some of the most popular works of William Shakespeare. By examining his plays, we will analyze the impact the author had on society and culture during the English Renaissance. We will take a critical look at the importance of his work and the impact Shakespeare still has on modern day art, culture, and people. We're going to analyze the influence of Othello, Tammy of the Shrew, and Much Ado About Nothing. Hi, Faith. Thank you so much for joining us today on Shakespeare Then and Now. Hi, Tana. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. It's my pleasure. Let's begin with talking about Othello. Othello was first written and performed in 1604. And we know this according to the published accounts of the Master of Revels in 1842. Now, Faith, do you want to explain what the Masters of Revels is for listeners who may not be so familiar? So the Master of Revels was a political position in court, and this was basically the guy who was in charge of what was performed in theaters, what got through. He was kind of the rating authority. If there was something he didn't like, then you weren't allowed to perform. So this would have been the person that Shakespeare was worried about pleasing as he was writing and producing plays. Um, This is also the position that typically um, was in charge of censoring any sort of playwright material that came out, just for context. It sounds like the Master of Revels was very influential to theater at this time. Correct. He was um, very um, influential in the fact that, um, like, women not being allowed to play um, or to act in the theater and the content that was produced. Um, He wanted to make sure that there was nothing being performed that would go against the crown or things like that. And we know exactly when Shakespeare wrote Othello because we have text from William Rolfe, who's an American educator and Shakespearean scholar. We can look at his book, A Life of William Shakespeare. Here it reads, Stokes, Chronological order of Shakespeare's plays shows that it was written before 1606 by the fact that in the quarto of 1622, we find the oath's blood, God's blood. While this is omitted in the folio, this indicates that the quarto was printed from a copy made before the act of parliament issued in 1606 against the abuse of the name of God in plays. So Zounds, and by the mass are found in the quarto, but not in the folio. Can you explain this to us a little bit more, what Rolf is talking about here? So basically, to make this a little bit more clear, um, Rolf is arguing that Othello was written prior to 1606 due to the fact that in 1606, Parliament issued an order against the abuse of the name of God in plays, which Splud um, fell into. So Shakespeare would have written this with that word or phrasing in the play before there was a law against it. So that's kind of how we can deduce when Shakespeare wrote certain things because the government was so involved with what they were allowed to produce. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for that clear explanation. So I just want to talk about how I was first introduced into Othello, which was um, with the 2001 version starring Mackay Pfeiffer and Julia Stiles. And when I first watched it, I was probably like in middle school and I really enjoyed the movie and I really enjoyed the story and I felt that it was something so relatable to me and I couldn't believe when I found out that it was written by Shakespeare. I'm like, how could something written so long ago still have such an impact on me. Um, so the modern day version was really great. And you can tell that Shakespeare was so before his time, you know, telling stories of racial indifference that are still relevant today. Faith, can you talk a bit about how Othello was performed in the 1600s? So Othello was one of Shakespeare's most popular plays throughout the 17th century. Um, however, it was highly unlikely that an actual black man was playing Othello. Um, it was most likely performed in blackface between uh, the 16 and 1800s. So not until recently did we have more realistic adaptations of Othello actually played by black actors. I'm going to read from a 2015 article published by Avantgarde Theater. Not until 1826 was Othello finally played by a black performer, renowned African-American actor, Ira Aldrich. Interesting enough, there are multiple modern day adaptations of Othello that, that portray Desdemona as black and Othello as white. For example, we have the popular 1997 Shakespeare Theatre Company production of Othello starring Patrick Stewart as white Othello and Patrice Johnson as Desdemona. These portrayals have noteworthy consequences to the meaning of the play. Faith, can you elaborate on the significance of this? So I agree with you that uh, the consequences of the racial role reversal um, are huge uh, for the meaning of Othello. So while we think of Shakespeare as progressive and um, ahead of his time, during the time that he wrote this, um, you know, black men were not the fact that a black man would be with a white woman was incredibly, incredibly controversial. And even though we know Iago is the villain and that he drives Othello to this horrible deed of murdering his lover, audience of the time would have seen him as a, like a violent black man who like murdered his white lover. And I think that by reversing that role, you kind of can switch the blame and you change the meaning and you change what Shakespeare had intended. And um, I think it just allows um, the director to manipulate the, the text in a different way than it was intended. Those are great points that you made there. And I also like to think about the fact that you know there there were so many successful adaptations of Othello. I mean, we have um, noteworthy performances by actors such as Lawrence Fishburne and James Earl Jones and Lawrence Oliver. So in a way, by creating these characters and stories, Shakespeare created opportunity for Black actors in the 20th century to also come into the spotlight. Faith, can you tell me a little bit about your favorite Shakespeare adaptation and what it means to you? So one of my favorites has always been the movie 10 Things I Hate About You because I love Katerina and what a punk she is. And I also love how it manipulates the original text because when I actually uh, first read The Taming of the Shrew in college, it was one of my least favorite Shakespeare plays. I thought it was super sexist. 
Um, I thought that the way the characters were portrayed, Patrick Verona and um, Katarina were completely irredeemable. Um, but I really love how the modern day movie adaptation twists it in a way to make it relevant and feminist and progressive and fun where the play itself uh, was supposed to be a comedy, but it really didn't age as well as some of his other works. So for me, it really just proved that um, Shakespeare's plays are timeless in that like directors can take uh, creative authority and really make it out to be uh, what they need it to be. I enjoyed your comment about how specifically The Taming of the Shrew did not age as well as some of Shakespeare's other plays. And I'd like to read from a 2019 article by Carmen Paddock. It's entitled, Why 10 Things I Hate About You is the Greatest Shakespearean Adaptation. It reads, The Taming of the Shrew features some fun slapstick moments in the playwright's trademark body wit, but replaces his bitter play's timeless introspe introspection with chauvinistic sexual politics and broad generalizations. There is no question that Taming was a comedy in its time, but making it funny today is impossible without substantial revisions, omissions, and reinterpretations. So do you agree or disagree with this statement, and why or why not? I absolutely agree with this quote. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that in the original play, um, Patrick is able to kind of win Katarina over by starving her and depriving her of sleep. So she was so um, committed to the fact that she didn't want to be married to him or have anything to do with him. And he literally breaks her morale by torturing her and, you know, behaving like a complete sociopath in the play. Um, while in uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, um, it really is more of a modern day love story where you know, Patrick might not have originally had the correct intentions, but they fall in love and he wins her over by showing her respect as a woman. So I think that without that revision that this could not possibly have been a modern love story adaptation. It definitely would be a classic uh, kind of movie that it has become without that. And we see in Taming of the Shrew that Shakespeare wrote plays with plots that accurately represented the social norms of his time. His plays are, in fact, historic literature. They give us insight to the social norms of the Elizabethan era. The Taming of the Shrew specifically exemplifies laws regarding marriage, land grants, importance of family, male dominance, female dominance, and male careers. Some standards in the play are still relevant today, while others are more obscure. We know that Shakespeare wrote plays representing society of the time, and we know that theater does indeed have the power to influence communities. So with that being said, do you imagine that Shakespeare wrote plays to promote critical thought and change, or was he simply an aristocrat who wrote with only the purpose of entertainment in mind? So I absolutely think that Shakespeare was trying to challenge some societal norms from uh, in his later plays when he talks about cross-dressing and sexuality, those types of things. I don't think that he was uh, always playing it safe in his content, but I do think that The Taming of the Shrew is one of his earlier plays, so maybe he wasn't quite there 
yet with this one, and maybe that's why it hasn't aged as well as some of his other plays. Right. I mean, Shakespeare is truly timeless. Here we talked about Othello, where he's talking about racial issues that's still relevant today. And then now we have The Taming of the Shrew, where he's talking about sexism, which is extremely relevant today in our patriarchal society. Another popular and influential Shakespearean story is Much Ado About Nothing. This play has been adapted into many modern day classics. Much Ado About Nothing was first printed in 1600 in a small quarto edition, around two years after the play was written in 1598. The title page announces that it has already been publicly acted by London's most prominent company of players, the Lord Chamberlain's Men. How do we know this? We know this because the British Library has extant text. Written in 1598, the play was received well as a sort of romantic comedy. The audiences were thrilled with the dig Shakespeare took at the expectations and traditions surrounding love and marriage during his time. There is a common misconception about the title of the play. Faith, can you talk about the meeting? So um, when I first read the play and I was thinking about the meaning of the title and uh, discussing it with classmates and things like that, much ado about nothing, um, a big theme in the play is gossip and the role that that plays in forming relationships. So I was thinking like, oh, it's all this hullabaloo about, you know, nothing of importance, you know, because the gossip, you know, was untrue or things like that. Things got out of hand. But an interesting fact is that nothing in Shakespeare time, Shakespeare's time often referred to uh, female genitalia. Um, so in that case, you can kind of interpret it to be like all of this hullabaloo for um, a woman or to get some or things like that. So it's an interesting um, and kind of crude way to look at the title, especially as a romantic comedy for the time. Interesting. So it sounds like uh, what you're saying about nothing, you know, referring to woman's genitalia, that there was a lot of ir- irony that he was putting in the title of the play. Yeah, absolutely. And really emphasize, emphasizing gender cliches, which is still a, a prominent social issue today. So again, we know that many of Shakespeare's plays have been adapted into movies and Much Ado About Nothing is no different. Um, there was a highly acclaimed film, a 1993 film by Kenneth Branagh, starring Denzel Washington as Don Pedro and Keanu Reeves as Don John. So again, through this movie that was highly acclaimed and gave you know these actors their, their big roles, we see the great influences that Shakespeare still has on modern day film. Faith, as an English major, what is the value and importance of Shakespeare's works? And more specifically, what has it meant to you personally? So the thing that I loved about Shakespeare when I started studying him is that I think he really embodies human nature in so many ways. So like, for me, whether that's like as a woman or one day as a mother or as a lover or as somebody personally, like I lost my mother. And like at that time, like I was reading Hamlet and like what Hamlet was going through, like his grieving process. I just think that Shakespeare is so talented at embodying like the depth of human emotion and like how complicated things can become. So for me, I just think that, uh, his work is really diverse and incredible in that way. And that's why uh, his work will always be timeless. Right. So you're saying that his historical plays, you know, written 
in the 15, 1600s helped you through your modern day loss? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's just like to read something that's written, you know, in a language that we don't really speak anymore, but to have it speak to you on such a personal level and, you know, have a character experience loss or love or, you know, family drama, like those types of things and still be relatable, even though it was hundreds of years ago. Um, it really just shows you like how much we all as humans like have in common because even in Shakespeare's time, like people were experiencing the same things that we experience today. Yes, those are very powerful points. Very powerful. Well, that ends, concludes our discussion for today, Faith. I want to say thank you so much for being here with me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is fun. As a final thought, I'd like to bring to your attention the celestial star, Margaret, discovered in 2003 by Scott S. Shepard and David C. Hewitt. Margaret, named after the servant hero in William Shakespeare's play, Much Ado About Nothing. Shakespeare's works still influence our lives and universe. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Shakespeare, Then and Now.